All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly. You have myself, Matthew, and we have Ray, the Great. We call him Ray the Great. <laughs> I've seen his driver's license. It's on there and everything. Uh, we got a fun episode for y'all today. Today is a theme that we talked about for uh, a long time doing. It's one of those weird things, weird uh, creatures of the night that once you hear about them, it kind of like you you get you, you want to know more about them. Some people don't want to know more, and I don't blame them because this is one of the more creepier ones I feel of current day folklore. You know what I mean? I think we might have dabbled a little bit with this when we talked about the creepy pasta epi- on that episode, because this is kind of one of those new age type of uh, boogeyman, if you will. One of our episodes, I think we did, and that boogeyman that we speak over. Boogie Chow, Boogie Chow. Like, that's what my name was in the 70s when I was in a funk band. They called me Boogie Chow. Um, me and George Clinton, we go way back. Uh, my hand my hand has shaped. My hand, fun fact, my this hand, this right hand on my body has shook in the hand of George Clinton. And I take a lot of pride in being able to say that. Uh, and it was not during my Boogie Child days. Um, but black-eyed children, and these aren't, abused people that we're talking about. This is because their eyes are sunken in because they've been to the depths. They've been to hell and back. Um, They're riding along the lines of being dead and possessed at the same time. And whenever you have that, those, you know, symptoms, you get, you have black eyed, you become a black eyed child. You know what I mean? Um, You know, they are an American contemporary legend of paranormal, paranormal, uh, complete uh, creatures that resemble children between ages 6 and 16 with pale skin and black eyes who are reportedly seen hitchhiking or panhandling or are encountered on doorsteps of residential homes. Um, very creepy thing. Do you think that the 6 and the 16, you think that plays anything? Plays a part in any way? I see the two sixes. I, you know, I know three sixes is bad news. Well, you take, uh, you line them up, you add them all together. Now, numerology wise, wait a minute, six and six is 12, and one is 13. So you add the one and the three, that's four. I can't off the top of my head say what uh, the four number means, but it's an even, not an odd number. Right. And if you're trying to be tricky, like they often say that things wear, wear their evilness on the sleeve. You know what I mean? When you're talking about like Illuminati codes all the way down to ghosts and stuff like that, that there's a lot of things that you can, it's in the plain, plain eye, you know, plain eye view where you, we can see it. You know, they have that vibe. There it is. Raised there. I like that. That's very cool. I suppose that's the full ass. Uh, with the six and 16. There you go. The 6 and 16, I think that you could also do, might be a far stretch, but if you, were to, if you were to be looking to put together some type of code and you said, well, there's a 6 and a 16, you have a 6, you have two 6s in there and 1, so if you have two 6 and maybe one, one, that 1 means one more 6, maybe we're going a little crazy, but it's okay to go crazy sometimes. Now, Ray, when was the first time you ever heard of Black Eyed Children? Uh, fairly recent, but 
uh, despite the fact they say it's a recent phenomenon out of this country, it has shown up actually in Europe in the 50s and different legends uh, have demonic forces portrayed as black eyes. And we know they like to use children to lure you in. Mm. Now, I think uh, if you have the info there, I think it was out of the 90s down in Abilene, Texas, where it came out of in this country. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting you said that about the different cultures, though, because it would kind of, it could migrate, you know what I mean? Um, like cultures do and th- like flus do, you know, they, they happen to migrate as well. But like something like that old, the history, the hand-me-down of the story, because as you know, if you, if we've often talked about if you're just thinking, putting something in the air, thinking that it's real, giving it attention, that can create something, so. You know, if, if 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 people went on vacation and they were they were fans of mostly ghostly and they were talking to their tour guides and they got the scoop on their uh, you know cultures, urban legends and stuff, and they made their way back this way, and uh, they started to tell people about it, maybe they created a podcast or something, and they talk about it, and word gets out, and now the more people are reading and believing it, it's like a Freddy Krueger thing, where the more people that believe it the more real it becomes so it could be something like that too you know but to get into the history well, yes i was gonna say it came out of abilene but i'm not going to be uh blamed for that one because i was there in the early 70s <laughs> imagine to find out that our our own ray Booten was the guy who brought black eyed children to america imagine that world we'd wear that as a badge of honor to some degree though that's big so to dip into the old history of uh, black-eyed children, everybody gather a blanket and sit down for a little history lesson. All right. Uh, while tabloid coverage of these creatures have claimed that the tales of black-eyed children have existed since the 1980s, most sources indicate that the legend originated from a 1996 posting written by Texas reporter Brian Bethel on a ghost-relating mailing list relating two alleged encounters with black-eyed kids. Bethel described encountering two such children in Albaline, Texas in 1996, like Ray was talking about. It claims that the second person had a similar, unrelated encounter in Portland, Oregon. Bethel's stories have become regarded as classic examples of creepypasta, you know what I mean, which, if anybody don't know what creepypasta is, we have a great episode on that in season one. And it gained such, po- gained such popularity that the published uh, a facts thing just to keep up with the demand for more info about the new urban legend. So they know that, you know, it's growing. It's one of those things. And the creepypasta thing, I'll give you a tease. It's a whole in- internet craze of urban, like digital, digital urban legends that could get you via computers and cell phones and such. In 2012, Brian Bethel told this story on reality TV series, Monsters and Mysteries in America. Uh, I've seen that show, Ray. Have you seen that show? I'm not sure. I've watched so many of them. I may not. Uh, I probably I have. I hear you on that. I, I, I do remember this name because I want to say there was less monsters and more mysteries when I watched, but I could be wrong. He wrote a follow-up article for the Abilene Reporter News describing his experience and maintaining his belief that it was legitimate, you know. Yeah, you know. In 2012, the horror film Black Eyed Kids was produced with Kickstarter funding. 
You know, 2012 was a bit a prime time for this, you know, especially the creepy pasta deal. That was like right around the time that stuff popped off. The director commented that creepy children were an urban legend that's been floating around on the internet for years. And he always thought it was a fascinating thing. I mean, like Ray said, different cultures have those, you know, have their stories as well as creepy kids have always been in the mix, you know, as far as from the beginning, from the beginning of the paranormal and things being seen and heard children kind of been involved. Um, but with, uh, you know, the movie, I, I, I haven't even heard of that movie. So who's, it got funding. It probably got funding off the hype. Who's to say if it got finished or made or whatever the attempted even nobody knows for sure. Um, but I'm sure the buzz of that helped create it. What's funny is the director will tell you it was cursed because the black eyed kids cursed it, but they can do things like that. So I should be careful. During one week in September of 2014, a British tabloid, the daily star, which is a big famous one, ran these sensationalistic front page stories about alleged sightings of black eyed children connected, uh, to the sale of a supposedly haunted pub in Statusphere. Um, which is, you know, Derbyshire. That's my, that's my, I, I like to kind of hang there when I go to England. The paper claimed a shock rise in sightings around the world and alleged sightings are taken serious by ghost hunters, some of whom believe black eyed children to be extraterrestrials, vampires, or ghosts. Science writer Sharon A. Hill was unable to find any documentation of black eyed children encounters concluding that the tales are passed on a uh, friend to a friend ghost story type ways. Um, Hill considers the legend to resemble typical spooky folklore stories, such as Phantom Black Dog, where uh, the subject is not supernatural and they may never have been an actual original encounter. Which is, a, you know, that's a fun one for everybody. The Black Dog. Black Dog is a motive of a specter or a demonic entity found primarily in the folklore of the British Isles. Black Dog is essentially a nocturnal apparition, in some cases a shapeshifter, and is often said to be associated with the devil or described as a ghost. You know what I mean? Very creepy stuff. Um, it, it could just be a regular uh, Black Dog named Phantom as well. That's a possibility. That's what I hear on the grapevine. But who, who officially are these black-eyed children, you might ask yourself after hearing a history lesson? Well, I mean, you know, they're also called black-eyed kids. Uh, they're very mysterious beings that look to be of kids between the age of 6 and 16, as we talked. They only appear at night to unsuspecting adults alone in parking lots to their homes. The kids come in groups of more, uh, two or more, and often ask for favors, mainly, can I come in and use the phone, get that vampire aspect to it. Um, they need a ride home or come in to get something to eat or use the bathroom. Few people who have interactions with the black eyed kids express feeling unexplainable fear when the children are near. Uh, no one really knows where they come from. Extraterrestrial UFO vampire, like I said before, or demons, you know, you know, uh, a number of the assumptions that it could be made that the, what these things are, um, you know, now real quick, let's, let's dive into the, What's your take on the theory of them being like an extraterrestrial? Uh, I would say probably not. I have a different theory about uh, the gentleman who first put it out there and what they might be. Yeah. 
Um, if you take a look at somebody who is involved in, and I'll use a broad term, dark arts, and wants to open a portal to make people more susceptible, then they create a legend and give it life so that people seek it out. And by borrowing from other legends and other folklore from different countries, they create this thing so that now people start focusing on it. It grows and has another way of getting uh, two people or involved with people who are, na- who are naive and don't realize that there's a potential in there for something evil to be about. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, what do you think about the vampire, the vampire theory? I think I don't know about that one. Uh, not unless they're going to suck the soul out of you. Yeah, that is your life, really. You know what I mean? And the demon thing, I think it might be a little, I think it's more of a demon thing. to kind of go off of what you were saying, people dabbling. Um, maybe a portal where these things came through or maybe a bad energy that, uh, what do you, what, what do you think about maybe if there was a group of friends that all like died together and maybe they were doing something, maybe they were dabbling in dark arts foolishly and they, you know, because of whatever they died. Now, do you think that their, their bodies or their, their presence would be used as vessels to scare and maybe suck in other people? I could be. I'm also taking a look at if you take, when was that first, uh, that guy first come out? I think 96. Was it? Yeah. So if you, if you're talking about in the nineties and you're talking the birth of the internet and you're also talking about evil entities, then here is another vehicle, uh, they have to gain power and to spread. So it's not surprised that, uh, not a surprise to me that suddenly um, they would show up in one form on the internet. Yeah. Uh, using children and using this, uh, convenient story to get people interested. Mm-hmm. Um, even if the person being interested, uh, who has the interest is not interested in evil, at least they're making connection and spreading the story, spreading their ability to connect with people and their power. So there could, there could be some type of psychic vampire type situation going down, maybe. A uh, psychic vampire, or I really think that uh, we've, we've said it before that evil, uh, particularly demonic, will often take the form of children. So creating a legend about black-eyed children kind of keeps that interest there and uh, keeps people susceptible. I got uh, some of that Brian Bethel's encounters. I got some info on that. So that's, we'll, we'll roll through that. His accounts, which is pretty interesting. You know, him being one of the first people to ever, uh, you know, document something like that. Published back in 1998 in his blog. Uh, and the way it goes down is a little bit something like this. It was around 9.30 p.m. on January 16th, 1998. Brian left his apartment in Albaline, Texas for the Dropbox to pay his internet bill. On the way, he stopped at the, do- the Dollar Movie Theater next to his service provider's building to use the glow of the marquee as a light to make out his check. Dollar Movie Theaters, Ray. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. Uh, as he did this, there was a knock on the window, and he saw two young boys. Uh, he placed them between 10 and 14 years old. He described the boys as boy number one, 
was slightly taller than his companion, wearing pullover uh, with a hooded sweatshirt and a sort of gray checkered pattern in jeans. He couldn't see his shoes. His skin was olive-colored and had curly, medium-length brown hair. He exuded an air of a quiet confidence. Boy number two had pale skin with a trace of freckles. His primary characteristic seemed to be looking around nervously. He was dressed in a similar manner to his companion, but his pullover was light green color. His hair was short, uh, was sort of pale orange. They didn't appear to be related, at least directly. So that's kind of like an interesting when 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 I when I originally think of like uh, black eyed kids, what I assume when you're approached by them is that they would both, if there was to be one that you would assume to be the leader of the pack, it would be it'd be uh, very uh, it'd be very like it'd be a little only a slight difference between them. You know, when when it says how one of them looked nervous, like it was looking around. You know what I mean? I would not. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be expecting one of them to look nervous if they were if they were there for a reason. Um, you know what I mean? What does that tell you? The nervous that one acting nervous is weird. It's it's too human like. You know what I mean? What do you think? Well, if that one is acting nervous, then maybe that one who is nervous is really a prisoner of mm. uh, what was human at one time or under the influence of the more powerful one. So it, it feels kind of out of place. It's still hesitant uh, in its new role as uh, a corrupter, as uh, a manifestation of evil. When I think of these black-eyed children, I think of these these beings that escaped from hell, and they 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 are they go and they try and make contact, almost in a ditch effort to try and bring people back with them, or some weird thing if they feel like they can maybe jump in their body or something because that person being nervous almost makes me think that maybe that, that he's looking, he's worried that somebody's going to know that they're out and come get them type deal. Like, like there's somebody watching over them. That's the kind of vibe that I catch from that. Yeah. The the big boss making sure the minions are doing their, doing their thing. You know, which is a scary element that they'd be scared of something too. And it, you know, it kind of makes you wonder about like soul collectors and stuff like that. And you know, we had that witch episode on where they, you know, they talked about people that were just going around collecting souls, which is like a very, very dark thing. What's your take on that? Like these big, these beings, these spiritual beings, going around collecting people's souls so they have more like power. Um, I believe they're real. I also believe that they will use any means possible. Um, I mean, if you go back to internet spreading the story, the internet is an electronic thing. That's an energy. Yeah. So they're using the influence and the energy of the internet to connect with people, to take over people. And if you're doing that, why stop at one? Why not influence that person uh, take them over and then spread the story some more, spread the influence more. And that way there you get more and more recruits, you steal more and more souls, uh, and it spreads like a virus. Yeah. If, with the group atmosphere there, you know, they could be used as leverage against themselves if they still had a conscience, so to speak. 
So like if there was if they were two friends that actually worried about the other friend or like in a situation like that, it looks like one of them had to take charge, you know, of the situation to get them both out of the situation. You know, that's almost what it feels like. What No matter what I felt like their destination was, if they were, you know, to go with the ploy of needing help, you know, maybe the whole maybe that whole nervous thing is part of their their pitch when they say they need help. They need to get in the house. They're hungry. They're scared. You know what I mean? Maybe that's part of the act. Uh, that'd be a great deceit to use, yeah. For sure. Um, you know, almost immediately he knew something, back to Bethel, almost immediately he knew something was up and felt a sense of fear. The first boy began to tell Bethel that they need his help. They wanted to see the new Mortal Kombat movie, but forgot their money. Instead of asking for money itself, the boy asked for a lift to their house to retrieve it. Our narrator is nervous and hesitant as the first boy continued to try and coax him into saying things like, come on, mister, we just want to go to our house. And we're just two little boys. Come on, mister, let us in. We, we, we can't get in your car until you do. You know, just let us in. And we'll be gone before you know it. We'll go to our mother's house. We're, you know... When I said we're just two little boys, that gave me goosebumps. You know what I mean? That's, that's, <laughs> that's a very creepy thing, you know what I mean, for a kid to tell you. Knowing, because it's like, you know, the, you know, the kid knows he's trying to trick you. Like, when you have a kid, even though they're teenagers, but you have a kid trying to sell you something or sell themselves to you, there's, all, there's like a reason, you know what I mean? It's not just, oh, can you help us? It's very weird. Um. But yeah, Mortal Kombat almost were dated, but we just had a Mortal Kombat film come out last year. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, they don't want money. They want to ride back to their house. That's very sketchy, too. You know what I mean? You're either going to a house that something's going to happen to you at that house or en route to that house, something's going to happen. You know what I mean? Well, that's also uh, the whole concept. And part of it is with vampires, but it's in a lot of... Uh legends that have to do with demons etc is giving them access or giving them permission you have to let them in yeah and so if he says yeah come on in get in my car or get in here with me or i'll help you um they at that point there he's given consent and once he gives consent he's lost yeah that's it he he is lost it's i don't want to know firsthand how it all unfolds, but I'd like to know secondhand how it all unfolds. You know what I mean? <laughs> when, they, when they hop in that car with you, what exactly goes down? It could be, as soon as you give in, you could just pass out. It could be that overwhelming of a presence that as soon as you give into it, it's over. Boom. Uh, done. You know what I mean? Just overwhelming. You know, like, it takes the air out of the room. Because who's to say if you're dealing with that, I mean, once you invite the you know, the, the evil in, you know, it could be overwhelming. But uh, he, he found himself unlocking the door, scary, without realizing it, as, it uh, as if instructed by the child to do so. After catching his hands, he looked back at the kids with a fresh perspective. That's when he realized the kids' eyes were solid black. No slera, no iris, no popal just black um that's enough to scare you you know what i mean 
all the stories of people meeting black-eyed kids claim that once you realize their eyes are black, there ain't no going back, Jack. That's when things get dangerous. Uh, the second boy continued to stand there completely silent while the first boy threatens him, saying, We won't hurt you. You have to let us in. We don't have a gun. According to Bethel, the boy was implying that they didn't need guns. He started pulling at the door and demanding to be let in. With the courage he managed to find, Bethel pushed his car into reverse and sped home, leaving the boys where he found him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it, it's definitely uh, some creepy deal. When I seen those black eyes, I... I Yes, definitely. You know, there's danger. That's when you when you see that. That's when you know something's not right. That's why they said, "Oh, that's when it gets dangerous." No kidding. No, no doubt. Um, uh, yeah, and then you know, the, he, 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 you know, I, he he was almost mesmerized. You know what I mean? How he found his hand going to unlock the door, and then he had to catch himself. You know, they almost they had him in like a gaze. Um, and, you know, what these are uh, these beings, you know what I mean? And creatures, I, I, I often wonder, it's like the way that people can put off aromas, you know, like that. And animals can do weird things. I wonder if a creature or something like that would be able to put off something that would just make you fall asleep or make you just like that drug they have that they blow in your face in those foreign countries and you forget who you are and just give people your money. Like if there's some type of chemical that they can release that you breathe in and you're just, you know intoxicated and just like either you're just like whoa loopy and do whatever you want them to do or maybe you go to sleep you go into a heavy sleep you know what i mean and they can do whatever um and in the spiritual world or whatever you want to go with it you know even the crypto thing i think it could be used as a defense thing for crypto you know crypto beasts creatures cryptozoology but um yeah, I, I think that could be something. Let us in. Very vampire-like. This is where they're catching their vampire vibe from, I assume. With all this, let us in. Now, you said demons have to follow that rule, too? Where demons have to be invited in? Uh, you take most ceremonies where there is a, there is a demon, uh, whether it's a possession. Usually not with a possession, but you're uh, seeking power or a relationship. Most of them, you're asking them yeah. for help. You're asking them into your life. You're uh, asking them for their power. It's in the asking that the problem is, that you're actually inviting them in. Um, if you're talking to possibly a lower level, uh, and people do it inadvertently by their lifestyle and little things they say and they do, they align themselves with and invite it into their lives. But yeah, there's a lot of lore and there's a lot of rituals that, you actually ask them for help. You ask them to come into your life. You ask them for power. So it's that asking and inviting them in. You're opening the door wide. So their influence becomes more, if you accept it that way, their influence becomes total. Uh, they overtake you. Yeah. Um, can there be possession without asking for it? Yes, but that is much more rare than if someone who has dabbled in it I really believe at times that uh, if people are possessed, um, they probably deny anything that they've done that could have gotten them that way. 
uh, especially afterwards. They may not remember it or they don't want to admit to it that, oh, yeah, I used to do these rituals or I went to this place or I asked for something. Nope. They're in, they're in total denial once it goes wrong because they don't want to accept responsibility. So I think that this uh, these black eyed kids asking to go in, uh, whether it's in a car, in a house, or you to accept to do a favor for them, they're getting you to willingly to commit to them. You don't know what they are, but they commit to them. As for black eyes, the old saying that the eyes are the window to the soul, the black eyes symbolize the abyss. And once you look into that abyss, the abyss looks back at you. And you never know what's looking back at you. And it is dangerous. For sure. You know what I mean? There's a, an octagon uh, of the Arakois Indians. They have a belief on the black-eyed children. Um, and the, the Arakois Indians believed in the dark power called octon that could take over children in an evil one. Uh, who would mate with human females to produce black-eyed, chalky-skinned children. These children were killed by the tribe soon after birth and burned to stop uh, them from ever resurrecting. Children wandering alone in the woods could also be taken over by Octon and would re-emerge with black eyes and pale skin, acting nervously while repeating themselves over and over. Their goal was to destroy the tribe and infect all the people with Octon. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. I'm familiar with the uh, the tribes that you're talking about, but I'm not not familiar with that story. But that kind of confirms that this is more demonic and a lot older than uh, that story out of Abilene. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's one of those, you know, carried on traditional curses almost. You know what I mean? Uh, we we invented for the 20th and 21st century. Yeah, it's the digital age. Yeah, it's definitely some insanity stuff. Um, I have a couple more stories, uh, terrifying stories that dealt with some people experiencing some black-eyed children. Uh, we'll cruise through a couple of them and give our opinions. Um, one is um, one of the earliest sightings of black-eyed children was back in 1950. We've got an old one here. A 16-year-old named Harold was strolling up the street to his Virginia home when he noticed a boy leaning on a nearby fence. Harold said, Harold said hello, uh, but received no response. He turned to leave, and the, the boy mysteriously spoke. Uh, he said, I want to go to your house. You're going to walk me up to your house. You know what I mean? That was when Harold noticed the boy's eyes. They were pitch black. All his instincts screamed, run! Mine would too. Yet he just stood there. Then, as if reading Harold's mind, the boy said, now, don't you run away from me. You're going to walk me right up to your house. That was enough to spring Harold into action. He booked it out of there. He claimed he heard the child let out a scream of a bobcat, uh, but he wasn't willing to turn around to be sure. The account goes on to reveal Harold's parents actually believed his tale, and his father went out with his gun in hand, looking for what they believed was the devil. Um, of course, the, the black-eyed child was gone, but uh, Harold's mother demanded that he go see the local priest to be safe. Which is probably a good, wise thing to do. You know, you got parents that believe the kid. I don't know if that story's believable now. Woo! <laughs> yeah, it's also from a different time, and it depends on the background of the parents, too. Yeah. 
that they could have believed in demonic activity. They could believe uh, that these things can exist. And, yeah, they may have a relationship where they trust the child, and that set off an alarm. So it's, uh, let's go get rid of the child. Let's go get rid of this thing if we can, and let's get the child over to the priest. Yeah. That one, if they were having the, if they were getting their priest involved, I'd say they probably were definitely religious. You know what I mean? Yep. Because I know other people that aren't religious that would try other things before that. Maybe they did try other things. But uh, very interesting. Going back to the 1950s, you know, a 60-year-old sitting on the fence, that's a very creepy. That'd be an interesting short film. Um, at first, I contemplated a little devil's advocate. And I said, maybe it was just like a bully. Maybe it was like a bully kid that was bored and was like, bring me to your house. I'm going to take whatever I want. But he was persistent, you know what I mean? And uh, that whole welcoming thing is very creepy, I, I feel. Very creepy stuff. Um, we have a, a, another one here where a gas station attendant in northeast Louisiana had a terrifying encounter in November of 2012. The gas station was creepy enough to begin with, uh, but at 3 a.m., then the, lo- the lower power went out. Led by the light uh, of his cell phone, the attendant was able to get to the generate get the generators going, but the backup lighting was dim and it only lit up certain areas, like the crash, the cash area, and the parking lot. While the rest of the isolated establishment was cloaked in darkness, uh, out over in the the darkness, he noticed movement. That movement was three children on bikes were heading his way. They stood at the door and stared at the attendant. He felt creeped out, but they were just kids, and it was way too late for them to be out. He opened the door and asked if they were okay. A young girl asked to use a phone. But as he handed his cell over to her, he realized her eyes were all black. No, I need the real one. She pointed at the landline inside. The thought of letting her inside sent chills up his spine. He shouted at all of them to leave as he slammed and locked the door. The children stood there a bit longer, silently staring at him through the glass with their solid black eyes. Then they got back on their bikes and disappeared back into the darkness. The next morning, the attendant was eager to go through the surveillance footage. Unfortunately, the power outage cut the cameras off, and they didn't boot back up with the generator. So we had nothing to show for it. That's a creepy one, too, you know what I mean? Especially with all the lights. That set up like a horror movie. That one sounds a little too fabric, too much like a Hollywood horror movie, you know what I mean? But who's to say? It could be real, you know what I mean? I definitely vibe with it. Um, the girl saying not, not that one, the real one, uh, was a little creepy, you know what I mean? But I could also devil's advocate that one and say, maybe she doesn't want the stranger having her, her, her house phone number, you know what I mean? Which I don't blame her to certain degrees. Uh, it was late. She probably wasn't supposed to be out to begin with. So maybe she doesn't want that leverage hanging over her head of some stranger knowing that she's not supposed to be out having her phone number. Maybe it was a weird gentleman that uh, she thought she might 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 have to make her boyfriend or something like that in order to keep him keep his mouth shut. You know what I mean? So who's to say? Uh, but isn't there a rule if if you were, if, if a girl rolls up with two boys on bikes to use a phone? Isn't the rule with the guy goes and asks so nothing happens to the girl? Isn't that how it goes? Well, the girl would be the one that might appeal more 
to a parent or an adult to protect. The other thing is if when she says know the landline, or that one, which was the landline, um, at that point, he'd probably have to say, yes, come in. Right. Well, that, yeah. Well, yeah, welcoming, welcoming them into onto his property, his place, accepting, yeah. uh, extending an invitation. So, it, it, you know, that works perfectly into the legend or into the folklore. Yeah. As for people who freak out when they see them, um, the black eyes would do it, but also everybody to one degree or another has a certain empathic ability and they can feel things. Uh, you can sometimes feel it when you walk into a room, something's not right. So you feel something is not right. And then you take a look and you see these black eyes. Then you know, it's not right. You know, these black eyes can be, it can be acquired too. You know, me and Ray work in the movie business and I have seen, Teenage girls wear contacts before of all different colored weird eyes, you know, and the probably the girls that would be out at that hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's one of those give or take. It could be either or. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's a nice story. And it sounds. I mean, it works. Um, it definitely works. You know what I mean? But if you talk, if you talk about and you talk about the Iroquois tribes yeah. uh, and their legend and other legends from around the world. If these things do ex- did exist and they were evil entities, they never went away. Yeah. They just hid. What they're doing now is reemerging and using, as I said, things like the Internet, the public, um, get people getting to think about them and stuff. They're finding a new way to get into society, whereas old cultures recognized what they were. We make movies and, uh, you know, make them into comfortable little legends that entertain us right. when they're actually evil trying to reach out and grab us. True. It's definitely true. That one's painted like a West Grave. I get a West Grave and uh, vibe from that one a little bit. But if I found, if it happened to me, I'd have a different vibe on it. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, some things can be fake. The 50s thing. No kid, no kids rolling around with black contact in his eyes in 1950. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and the, the further back we go back, the more dangerous it was, and you have more dead kids. You know what I mean? Um, next up, we got a nice little story of security cameras. You know what I mean? Um, an engineer working uh, the night shift for a data center in Ohio. They've been there twice, documented on the show. Had a creepy exchange, and he posted his tale um, on uh, Noetic, which is some like website. It was around 5 a.m. on July 31st, 2010. Uh, you know, Noetic was taking a smoke break, I guess, at the dune uh, outside when he noticed two teenage boys standing motionlessly and staring at him from across the street. Though so he felt somewhat unnerved, he finished his smoke and went back inside. Well, a man's got to smoke, right? They're, they're called addicted for some for something. Um, ten minutes after heading inside, the intercom buzzed. Noetic checked the monitors, and there they were. The two boys had made their way over to this building and now staring into the surveillance camera like they could see him right through it. Through the speaker, he asked what they wanted. They said nothing but motion for him to come outside. He hit the speaker button again and told them to go away, but they did not leave. 
he continued to stare into the, continued to stare into the camera as if they were watching him as he worked. After a short while, he went to the door to chase them off. Right before opening the door, he saw them through the one-way glass and was horrified to see their eyes were completely black. He knew he had to open the door to tell them to go away and decided he'd call the police if had to. As if the boys read his mind, the moment the door opened, he said, uh, that will not be necessary, sir. We simply need to use your phone. Can you let us? Uh, he was not about to use fall for that nonsense. He pulled out his cell phone and threatened to call the police if they didn't leave. He made sure the door was locked and went back to the monitor. Only one boy was still standing in the camera when he returned. Then he realized the second boy positioned himself out back and was staring into the camera there. Woo! That's when I would have got creeped the fuck out. By 6 a.m., both boys had moved into a blind spot with no camera coverage. Um, he waited for them to reappear, but then they simply vanished. The police arrived not long after, but both boys were gone. Yeah, it's very creepy. I mean, things like this, it's like it could be it could be some teenagers looking to, to, to stir up some shit because in my day as a teenager, and I'd still do it to this day, if I had the opportunity to make somebody think that there was something, there was some wild creature in their backyard or there was some psycho that was following them around or something crazy, like we would have done it for laps, you know what I mean? So the... The idea of these teenagers getting all messed up on some drugs and alcohol or something and going and messing with this dude, um, I don't think it's that far-fetched. Like I said, you can get contacts. But like I said, I do I do vibe with the fact that these are real. I'm just devil's advocating it a little bit. But, uh, you know, that the, the, when he... The moment that made, creeped me out the most is when he returned to the camera and there wasn't two kids. There was just one kid. That... That, that, that's the part that made me go, ooh. So, like, that's when I'd be, before I even seen the other kid in the other camera, like, when I seen him in the other camera, I'd probably fall, feel better about the situation. But up until that, I, yeah, him being missing would be creepy because you think he's going to appear in the room with you, you know what I mean? Which is horrifying. But, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, you know, I guess you don't get the real true horrifying if you get if you know the true story then you're dead you can't tell it um and so unfortunately we get a lot of close calls you know what i mean uh we got what we got a close call a little closer to us actually ray which you can appreciate in january 2016 a vermont woman reported that she actually let black-eyed children into her home here we go ray strap in uh oh uh oh a uh, and they they went running for the hills a little over a year prior, a, a blizzard was ravaging the world outside her door. Uh, so she was very surprised to hear a loud knock on it. Figuring someone probably crashed their car trying to navigate the weather, she made her way to the door and peeked out the window. There was no car. She described the feeling of dread wash over her for a reason she couldn't understand. The banging continued. So she decided to wake up her husband and let him answer instead. Smart. Uh, two small children were on the side of the door, uh, and they were not dressed appropriately for the storm. The woman and her husband let the little boy and girl inside despite the great sense of unease their presence made them feel and regretted it almost instantly. One cat hissed while the other three hid. Unusual behavior for them all. 
And it didn't seem to matter what the woman asked them. What happened? Are you lost? Want some cocoa? The answer was always the same. Our parents will be here soon. Uh, She made them cocoa anyway. And when she returned with the mugs, that's when she noticed their eyes. They were completely jet black with no whites at all. Giant black pupils. They asked for the bathroom and she directed them to it. Then everything happened all at once. Her husband's nose started bleeding. The power went out. And as she rushed to get a tissue, she was confronted by both children staring at her from the hall. Our parents are here. They then walked out out the front door. She watched as the creepy children got into a black car with two very tall men in suits. They left. Within months of the encounter, three of their four cats went missing. The fourth, the one that hissed, was found in a pool of blood dead from a hemorrhage. Her husband's nosebleeds continued, and he was eventually diagnosed with skin cancer, despite spending little time outdoors. The woman began suffering from chronic nosebleeds, as her husband initially had, and her health began to slowly deteriorate. Uh, She is certain it's because of the black-eyed children. So, yeah, definitely don't let them in. Um, You know, our our parents will be here soon. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that was goosebumps. That was goosebumps. Our parents are here. That's goosebumps. Um, It ties into that whole thing of like, they're being sent out by something bigger and more powerful and more evil than they are to kind of, see what they can find. But in this situation, maybe it was just the energy, you know, well, what's your take? Like they, they went in there and they didn't take these people's lives, but maybe the same way we talked about Mothman, like maybe they just, they get the touch. And then once you get that, the way we talk about like imprints on people, then once, you know, you tell you, you shake hands with somebody, you guys are imprinted forever. You know, it's the same thing. If you see one of these weird creatures, like just seeing it, does that lay something like a burden on you that, that slowly fucking drains your energy and kills you? Um, what's your take on all this, Ray, of that, that story? Well, if you live in an isolated spot and don't have much influence over other people, the whole thing could have been, uh, yeah, and they did take their life, but they took it in a different way. They disrupted their biological systems. They infected them with the disease. Um, yeah, you're talking about cancer. You're talking about nosebleeds. So, yeah, they paid a price for letting them in. You know, a more sinister dark energy would probably want that tap that you know tap its teeth in and be able to suck off of it for a while instead of the quick kill. You know what I mean? Yeah, a uh, sustained energy source just drain them until they die. Horrifying. We got another one that ends a little tragic, too. We got uh, John Northwood was heading to his car on the third floor of a parking garage when one of the guys from the conference he just attended, Doug, asked him to drive around the block a few times. He said there were some freaky-looking kids hanging around his car and was hoping to kill some time while waiting for them to wander off. So John let Doug in, and they started cruising. When they uh, near his car, John saw the group Doug was talking about and agreed they were as creepy. Three kids, two boys and a girl. So there you go, the two boys and a girl thing again. All gossed out. Uh, that makes me think that there might be uh, 
contacts because I don't think a regular black guy children would be gossed out because nobody wants to help goth kids. I hate to say it, but it's reality. Um, so they, they're not they're not tricking anybody by that. But let's go a little deeper into the story. Maybe they're levitating a, few, a couple lines down. The girl looked about 15. The boys around uh, 14 and 10. Ooh, um, Jack and Joe. They were intense, but John described it as he really needed to look at them. He stopped driving. The kids maneuvered around his car, and the youngest one said, it's scary out there all alone, and we just wanted a ride home. One said Doug had offered him. Uh, one said Doug had offered them a ride home, which he denied. Maybe he offered the girl a ride home and then got caught. John felt as if his heart was going to erupt from his throat as adrenaline raced through him. Doug said he was getting out of the car. As soon as he re- he reached the, for the handle, it was like the child got older somehow, and he saw their eyes were solid black. No pupil, no iris, nothing, just black. John threw the car in reverse and drove backwards about 60 feet. The kids began to pursue them, so John took the car around in lots, uh, a lot of corners going around 30 miles an hour. He felt that they would, he would die if he let those kids get in the car. He sped down three floors only to find the oldest boy was already at the bottom of the garage. When they came out, they sped past him out of the garage. When John turned around, the boy was gone. And so was that menacing feeling that they'd been fielding the whole time. They waited 10 minutes before going back to Doug's car. Black-eyed children were nowhere in sight. Uh, it was then that they, Doug admitted he had given the younger kid a ride earlier, but he felt scared when he saw the older child. Upon leaving the garage for the second time that night, the menacing feeling returned. John was behind Doug's car watching helplessly as he misjudged the time it would take to get through the intersection on a yellow light. Doug was struck by a truck and died instantly. The police arrived and John gave his report, feeling uneasy the whole time. Only then did he look around and see the black-eyed children standing two blocks away, staring at him. Creepy, for sure. I got goosebumps reading it towards the end when he got when the dude died. You know what I mean? Well, when, that, when I found out that he, when he admitted to giving one of the kids a ride, I got the bumps. That's when I got the bumps. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, who's to say? Because it's almost like the kid was accepted in and maybe the older kid that came was the, that was that, you know, the person that sent the kid out to find someone, you know what I mean? And then when you see that other person, you're like, oh, because you can really sense that evil. You know what I mean? What do you think? Yeah, they uh, one of them got their hooks into him and they took him. Uh, the other one could feel it and was uh, suspicious and kept his distance. And I think the lesson learned there was um, he saw his friend die and then he saw the kid, so he knew where it came from. I feel like if that kid was in his car, maybe he could reappear in the car. Ain't that creepy? That's probably a yeah. bad That probably makes sense, though, too, in the spiritual world. Once he was invited in, he probably could come back, right? Well, you know, he could have, uh, the kid could have been there and uh, he freaked out and mis- he didn't really misjudge that uh, intersection. Uh, the kid appeared back in the car and uh, he freaked out and went into that intersection, not not paying attention to the traffic because he was freaked out over this kid appearing in his car and boom, they got you. 
That's what I was thinking exactly. Because you ever have those moments when you feel get a, get a weird vibe in your car or something? You almost like are afraid. To, and this isn't for Ray because Ray never gets afraid. But for the audience, you're in the car, you get a weird vibe, and you look in the rearview mirror a little bit, but you don't want to look in the rearview mirror because you feel like if you see something, it's over. So like it could have been a situation where he was creeped out, which him being creeped out and thinking about it would build to that build to that negative energy. You know what I mean? Then. If that dude, if that kid knew there was a car coming and he could show up at the right time that would make that guy look in the rearview mirror and lock eyes with him just for that five seconds, if he went out into the road, he could get bopped. And that's all it would take for you to take your attention away for like five seconds. So it's very possible. And I do, I do feel like that. He invited him earlier that night. I think once you invite him, they can come back. You you already invited him. Now you're thinking about him because he didn't just turn on the radio and start listening to Garth Brooks after the situation. You know what I mean? The whole way home, he would have been saying the whole night when he got home, he would have been like, if this is real, the next whole week, he'd be like pondering to himself what happened that night. You know what I mean? So his head, if this was real, his mind wouldn't be in the right place driving home. He'd be like all over the place to begin with. He'd be creeped out looking because it's the area. You know, he doesn't want to get followed home by these things. And the next thing you know, you see something, you know, you lock eyes with it. It could be something like in in the paranormal field, there's a lot of stories where people say they were in a place for five minutes and they get out and they were really in there for three hours. You know what I mean? So when he see when they locked eyes, who's to say his 30 seconds wasn't five minutes? Who's to say that he did it, you know, and the whole, the whole way when people were going – for the door, how that dude was going for the door, who's to say that they didn't just, they didn't just make him drive into that car or whatever happened, you know what I mean? It's weird. Um, don't 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 offer up any rides. I try not to do it myself. Um, yeah. You have anything else you want to say about that situation, that that particular story? Um, besides the fact he never should have offered a ride or given a ride earlier. I think he, he he came under the influence, and they manipulated him into a situation where they could kill him and take him. Yeah, and it's tricky because it's not, in this case, and I think there was another one like it, not all of them, but when they first appear, they have regular eyes. It sounds, you know what I mean. And then once they once they start to get more wicked, that's when the eyes change. Some of them, and that's in that story, because like that kid when he gave that first kid that young kid a ride home. A ride to the to the mall or wherever it was, the plaza. I don't think he would have gave even with the black eyes. I don't think he would have gave the kid, you know, a ride even as a young kid with those black eyes. It was that was going to be that'd be an issue. You know what I mean? And he was looking at it like he he was getting mugged. That's what he, he figured. He gave the wrong brother a ride to the mall, and now the brother called Big Brother and his friends, and they're going to mug the dude. Um, but craziness. Here we go. We got one more. We got another one here for you. Uh, this tale is posted by a friend of a victim. Uh, it was on a trip to Ar- the Arcada, Arcada, California. Um, so a guy stopped for a drink at a bar. He ended up hitting it off with an attractive woman uh, running from the running from the running the who was running the bar. After a bit of drinking, getting to know each other, she offered the traveler a place to stay for the night, and he drunkenly accepted. He left his car at the bar and he headed back to her place. As they pulled in the front, that's when the unease crept in. He wasn't sure why, but her home creeped him out and she started to creep him out as well. 
He claimed she began to seem inhuman to him. This didn't stop him from going inside with her, though. Of course not. Uh, after the woman had fallen asleep, he got up to get water. During his trek to the kitchen, he realized her house was full of children. They weren't normal children, either. They were quiet and creepy and wandering the house aimlessly at 2 a.m. He had a horrible feeling about them, even before he noticed their eyes. Completely black, all of them. There was no conversation, no attack. He was just faced with black-eyed children and then sent off on his merry way the next day. A little over a month after his strange experience, the man described as very healthy, was diagnosed with an aggressive, aggressive form of bladder cancer. He died six months later, believing it was those black-eyed children that were responsible. The horrifying vibe that I catch from this story, that this lady was very welcoming and motherly, um, and she probably allowed all these black children to come into her house. And they knew, and the higher, higher being knew that she ran the bar, she'd be able to get people in there. You know what I mean? People that would show up, they'd drink too much, maybe nobody cares about them. If they go missing, it's not a big deal. Um, and the creep, that, there's such a creepy visual of them going, I got a visual of that house walking through it at night with those kids. And, it's like it's like a den. It's like a den of vampires at night. It's cre it's a creepy thought, a creepy visual that I got in my head. But yeah, and I, I think that there is something up with this paranormal vibes. Like with the, the thing we talked about deep with the moth the Mothman uh, episode is like if you see these things or you're touched by them, you know they're so rare and they're so they, they got some negative evil energy around them. But if they're so rare to be seen. And if you actually break the barrier of blocking eye contacts, I think you're forever connected. And I think that the negativity of them drains you and, and opens you up for sickness and stuff like these people had. So that I definitely vibe with that. Like I'm definitely vibing with that because um, it makes sense. What do you think, Greg? Oh, I agree. There was a reason why the Native Americans would kill them. Mm. Because they recognized them for what they were. They recognized them as being evil and what their capabilities were. And, uh, yeah, once you connect in one way, they got their hooks in you. And it happens to be looking into the eyes being the most common way. But if you're welcoming it all or assisting and they've got you, then their negative energy, their evil, infests your body like a disease and eventually takes your life. Now, if you take someone who is letting them... Uh, let's say stay in a house or something. Well, they won't, they won't like that lady. Um, they won't harm her because it's access to more. As long as they can use her, she's safe. When she's no longer useful, they'll do the same thing to her. Yeah. Horrifying. It's like, and she's stuck in it. Like I feel, I feel bad for her. I feel like she probably lives in a horrible depression. She's probably a drinker in that environment. You know what I mean? So it probably circulates, and she probably, and I hate, I hate to say it, but I feel like she probably lives a very miserable life that she hates, and it's because of that negative energy around her, and she is, they, they feed off of the fact that she gets more miserable and more miserable, but like I said, she's bringing in some miserable people herself to feed, to feed off of, you know what I mean, and she might not even know that these, she might have accepted them in, and they might just, she, she don't see them no more. They're invisible to her. You know what I mean? Maybe she does see them. Maybe she's, boof, lost, you know, 
it's her eyes been open and she sees them. Maybe, you know, maybe she takes care of them. Maybe she is like mother, like takes care of them, takes care of them, so to speak. You know, the question is, is what these things actually are. You know, is it actual, are we, are we talking about spiritual entities that come and go? Or are we talking about things that would actually need to be taken care of? You know what I mean? Um, in the same way of like the natives killing them off. It's like they were physical things like that would be at that point. Yeah. They would need to be taken care of. So it's, it's weird. Like, I don't know where the line is to be drawn of what exactly they are. Like, I believe that there's something like that out there. And I do vibe with the fact that they're sent from something darker to kind of bring people, you know, take people's energy for sure. I definitely vibe with that, but I, I, I don't really know what they are. Um, we have another one. We have two more stories. Um, this one is an 18-year-old Karis Haldworth was heading home from her apartment after a night out. It was just before 11 p.m. She noticed there was two teenage boys she's never seen before standing in her yard. Uh, this put her on edge, as it would most. Uh, so she reached in her purse to make sure her pepper spray was ready to blow someone in the face with. With a firm grip on it as her only weapon, she attempted to sneak past them unnoticed but no such luck. They both turned at her simultaneously. She instantly felt a primal terror and she gripped at her canister in her purse. As if they knew she was, what she was hiding in her bag and what she was thinking, the older one said, no need for that. We just want to borrow your phone, miss. It was then uh, that Holdsworth noticed their eyes, pitch black, no white at all, she felt her flight response kick into gear as she departed for her door, fumbling for her keys as the children followed her. Please, miss, my mother won't be happy if she doesn't know where we are. Every instinct in her knew she had to get away from them. Part of her felt a twinge of guilt considering and she considered helping them. But that feeling quickly buried deep in her sense of dread and that she it was steadily washing over her with the quickness. She made it inside, slammed the door shut, and locked it. With a sigh of relief, she headed for her kitchen, but then came the knock. Uh, she decided to ignore it. They knocked again, and that feeling of dread began to make its way through her whole body. She decided she was a brave, to be brave enough to go take a peek through the peephole. Uh, and there they were, staring at her through the peephole. Uh, they could see, in, like they could see inside. Just let us into the, let us use the phone. One said. We won't hurt you. We have no weapons to hurt you with. Holdsworth ordered them to leave her alone. She made sure everything was locked tight uh, and called a friend to come over. The boys didn't leave until the friend showed up, uh, who felt the same overwhelming sense of danger when she arrived. Holdsworth soon moved away after that and now always checked the people before opening the door. Some of these stories I can see is just youth. I can think of Karens, like what everybody knows is a Karen getting crazy about somebody in front of their house that they don't want in front of their house. I can see some of these stories being this, and I can see some of these stories being the, the, the real deal. Uh, but our last story, did you want to say anything about that one? That one, I, what did you think of that one? No, I wasn't really impressed with that one too much. Yeah, I agree. Our, uh, our last story revolves around a Marine. Uh, at six, seven, and 260 pounds, this United States Marine was his own looming and intimidating force of nature. But that didn't stop a black-eyed kid from testing him. He was in the barracks of Texas base where he lived and settling in for the night when he heard a sharp knock on the door. 
So this is another Texas story. Assuming it was his neighbor, the Marine made his way to the door. Standing outside was a boy around 17 years old. The Marine asked him what, he, what was up. Uh, and almost hungrily, the boy asked to be let into the, use the phone. Um, nothing but sleep and peace on his mind, the Marine said no and directed him to the service building across the parking lot and closed the door. He knocked again. Irritated, the Marine went to the window, intending to yell at him. Um, a Marine yelled at somebody. Oh, my God. I've never heard of such things. But just looking at the thin, gaunt kid gave him the creep. But then he noticed his eyes. His eyes? They were black as coal. Once again, the child asked to be let in with a creepy, predatory smile. Uh, still determined to assort his authority, the Marine ignored his fear and said he'd force the kid to leave if he had to. He turned momentarily to grab his phone, but by the end, uh, by the time he turned around, the child was gone. He couldn't shake the feeling that he'd seen him before, that all of this was familiar. Then it hit him. He had watched his brother have a similar interaction once. Two years earlier, while still in high school and living in Pennsylvania, he worked the night, sh the night shift at a gas station. One night while having a smoke out front with his brother, he saw some kid walking across four lanes towards them. His brother asked him if he needed anything, and it was the same request. He wanted to use a phone. The brother said the phone was backed by the register and no one was allowed to use it. Uh, the brothers went inside, but the strange kid didn't take no for an answer. He stood in front of the shop just knocking on the window until the brother chased him off with a bat. When he came back, he said the kid was pale and had black eyes. It was the same kid. Yeah, I don't know. I don't maybe, know. Uh, yeah, what I'm thinking there is maybe there was something in that family lineage or something in that family that uh, they wanted to go after. They wanted to tap on. If they couldn't get the brother, they were going to get the up. They were going to get the marine. Do you think that they chased them because he chased them off with a bat that would upset them enough to follow the family? Uh, it could have. It could have. It also could be that they might recognize an energy or something in that system, uh, whether it's a power, possibly a power to do good, um, that they wanted to end or cut off. Yeah. Because it's, it's uh, completely opposite of what their goal is, which is to spread evil. Yeah. Yeah. So I think by the time we get to this, you know, our, I, I, my overall opinion of, I think, these black eyed children is I think that there are these folklores that were created because of past things. You know, they've been around forever. I think people talking about them give them more power. I do think that some of the stories are probably fake, you know, much like everything. But I do think that there is definitely something um, something out there uh, that like these things and that they're probably sent from a more negative force to do their bidding to get energy. Um, and uh, yeah, you know what I mean? And what, what better, I, I would like to learn a little more about what they, what, what physically what they are like physically substance and all that, like what they, you know, is it, is it, is it like a straight up demon? You know what I mean? Like a demon in a physical form that could like shapeshift or like, you know, is it kids that 
they were possessed in some weird way or that died and now their 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 images and what what is what they were was used as a vessel for bad things you know what i mean that's the thing that's the question i'm left with at the end of this you know what i mean what I, i'm curious what that is where uh, where do you fall at the end of all this brad um, I think they are demonic or they are an evil force. They've been around for a long while. Uh, I mean, if you take what the Iroquois natives did, um, they would kill the person to break the physical bond. Uh, I do think that they've adapted to the current world, electronics, internet, to try and uh, influence people to spread the legends and gain power. Um, what they are physically could be possession, could be a manifestation, manipulating uh, the physical world to manifest in a certain way. And I think that the eyes being black are really the hypnotic eyes, or they're, they're either going to scare you or they're going to suck you in, one of the two. And if they suck you in, then they have you. They'll use you till they don't need you, and then they'll discard you. You'll get sick, you'll die. Sure. Uh, but I do think that they are more real than an early... Uh, yeah, more real than an ur- urban legend. I think that there's something behind them, and you have to be careful. As always, you've got to be careful. There is plenty of evil out there waiting for you to stumble, waiting for you to uh, make a mistake and influence or attack you. Truth. I agree completely with that. So, with that being said, we hope we uh, opened up your eyes to some black-eyed children out there. Um, if it's late at the night, you hear a knocking on your door, don't get it. Don't even bother getting out of bed. Just let it be. Uh, if you're unfortunate enough to be, I guess, at the gas station, another place this stuff happens, if they're not going to pay for your gas, they're not getting in your car. But if a black-eyed child pays for your gas, you got to do the right thing. Um, but... For real, all joking aside, yeah, definitely, uh, this is something that, you know, definitely be cautious. You find yourself in a situation that starts, like any of these stories that we read, uh, be on the lookout. Uh, try and remember this episode of Mostly Ghostly, and remember that uh, they can stay outside, probably. This day in the age, what teenager doesn't have a cell phone? You see three, three teenagers roll up to your house saying they don't have a phone? You kidding me? That's like having their life support. That's like having their oxygen, having their cell phone. Then you laugh in their face. They go, they need to use your phone. You just start laughing in their face immediately, and then laugh. You all the laugh all the way up to the bedroom. Laugh as loud as you can, so you can you can get you can get a smile the next day, knowing that while you were in your bed laughing maniacally, that there was three black-eyed children looking at each other in the doorway and the light on them, like, going, what is going on here? This has never happened to us before. And then they'll move on, and no no, no harm, no foul. You don't got to deal with them no more. But that's my best advice for a situation like that. Just leave it be. Laugh in their face and leave it be. That's how you do it. You want to have, do you have any advice for people when dealing with black-eyed children, Ray, before we wrap it out? Uh, basically just turn away. If you want to say a prayer, uh, to banish a kid off for protection, but otherwise just ignore them. Turn, turn away, lock your doors and that's it. It's over. They're gone. Oh yeah. 
as easy as that. Well, with that being said, we hope you all had a good uh, good time with us. We always have a good time with you. If you like this episode, we are, we're, we're pushing almost 100 episodes now. I think we're pushing the 75 to 80 mark now of a bunch of all types of themes that you'd love. I don't, you know, I don't even know you personally, but I know that you listening right now would love these episodes. You know what I mean? So get out there and find them. And uh, hell yeah, you got ideas you want to hear? You want to hear us talk about a theme or a subject? Hit us up. You want to be on the show? Absolutely. Be, you know, hit us up. You have you you work in the paranormal field? Have you wrote a book on it? Are you just interested in, in a certain a certain subject that you love talking about for hours and hours and hours? We want to have you on the show because that being that passionate about that thing is celebrity enough to be on our show, and we want to talk to you. So hit us up. And uh, continue, you know, listening to the show. We appreciate the support. Numbers are doing killer. You know what I mean? And uh, we got Facebook pages, you know, uh, Boombastic Media YouTube page. Um, and we also got the Boombastic streaming on the Patreon. So if anybody's in the mood for some financial help, you know, you know what I mean? We're like, we're like black-eyed children, but we're not asking for your phone. Um, but yeah, we got that out there with a bunch of cool perks. We don't push it. We get all our film stuffs on there, podcasting, where we have like little television show type deals, all types of cool perks. Uh, we're starting to get exclusives going on there too. We're working on a doc right now that, uh, when it, when it's released, they'll be exclusively only found on there. And, uh, we got a lot of new stuff getting ready to pop off and you'll be able to catch that stuff early there. So. Hey, if you like our stuff, we just happy to listen. But if you want to go deeper, go deeper. But all we ask is don't open the door for the black-eyed children. And with that being said, we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. Ghostly.